Hello and welcome to the Sports with Luke podcast. Today, I'll be taking a look at the career of George Brett. I'll talk about his 21 years in the league, some pine tar, and why the secret number of the day is four. Enjoy the show. George Howard Brett was born on May 15, 1953 in Glendale, West Virginia. Brett was the youngest of four sons of a sports-minded family which included Ken, the second oldest, who was a major league pitcher who pitched in the 1967 World Series at age 19, and brothers John and Bobby had brief careers in the minor leagues. His parents then moved the family to the Midwest and three years later to El Segundo, California, a suburb of Los Angeles. George grew up hoping to follow in the footsteps of his three older brothers. He graduated from El Segundo High School in 1971 and was selected by the Kansas City Royals in the second round, 29th overall, of the 1971 baseball draft. Brett began his professional baseball career as a shortstop, but had trouble going to his right defensively and was soon shifted to third base. As a third baseman, his powerful arm remained an asset, and he remained at that spot for more than 15 years. Brett's minor league stops were with the Billings Mustangs for the Rookie League in 1971, the San Jose Bees in a single A in 1972, and the Omaha Royals AAA team in 1973, batting 291, 274, and 284, respectively. The Royals promoted Brett to the major leagues on August 2, 1973, when he played in 13 games and was 5 for 40, or a 125 batting average, at age 20. Brett won the starting third base job in 1974, but struggled at the plate until he asked for help from Charlie Lau, the Royals' batting coach. Spending the all-star break working together, Lau taught Brett how to protect the entire plate and cover up some holes in his swing that experienced big league pitchers were exploiting. Armed with this knowledge, Brett developed rapidly as a hitter and finished the year with a .282 batting average in 113 games. Brett topped the 300 mark for the first time in 1975, hitting 308 and leading the league in hits and triples. He then won his first batting title in 76 with a 333 average. The four contenders for the batting title that year were Brett and Royals teammate Hal McRae and Minnesota Twins teammates Rod Crew and Lyman Bostick. In dramatic fashion, Brett went 2-4 for four in the final game of the season against the Twins, beating out his three rivals, all playing in the same game. His lead over the second place McRae was less than .001%. Brett won the title when a fly ball dropped in front of Twins left fielder Steve Bry, bounced on the Royal Stadium AstroTurf, and over Bry's head to the wall. Brett circled the bases for an inside-the-park home run. McRae, who batted just behind Brett in the lineup, grounded out, and Brett won his first batting title. From May 8th through May 13th of 76, Brett had three or more hits in six consecutive games, a major league record. A month later, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated for a feature article and made his first of 13 All-Star teams. The Royals won the first of three straight American League West division titles, beginning a great rivalry with the New York Yankees, whom they face in the American League Championship Series each of those three years. In the fifth and final game of the 76 ALCS, Brett hit a three-run homer in the top of the eighth inning to tie the score at six, only to see the Yankees' Chris Chambliss launch a solo shot in the bottom of the ninth to give the Yankees a 7-6 win. A year later, Brett emerged as a power hitter, clubbing 22 home runs as the Royals headed to another ALCS. In Game 5 of the 1977 ALCS, following an RBI triple, Brett got into an altercation with Greg Nettles, which ignited a bench-clearing brawl. In 78, Brett batted 294, which was the only time between 76 and 83 in which he did not bat at least 300 in helping the Royals win a third consecutive AL West title. However, 
Kansas City once again lost to the Yankees in the ALCS, but not before Brett hit three home runs off Catfish Hunter in Game 3, becoming the second player to hit three home runs in an LCS game. Brett followed that up with a successful 1979 season, in which he finished third in the AL MVP voting. He became the sixth player in league history to have at least 20 doubles, triples, and homers all in one season, and led the league in hits, doubles, and triples while batting 329 with an on-base percentage of 376 and a slugging percentage of 563. All of these impressive stats were just a prelude to 1980 when Brett won the American League MVP and batted 390, a modern record for a third baseman. Brett's batting average was at or above 400 as late in the season as September 19th, and the country closely followed his quest to bat 400 for an entire season, a feat which had not been accomplished since Ted Williams in 1941. Brett's 1980 batting average of 390 is second only to Tony Gwynn's 1994 average of 394 for the highest single season batting average since 1941. Brett also recorded 118 runs batted in while appearing in just 117 games. It's the first instance of a player averaging one RBI per game in more than 100 games since Walt Draupo 30 seasons prior. He led the American League in both slugging and on-base percentage. Brett started out slowly, hitting only 295 in April. In May, he hit 329 to get his average to 301. In June, the 27-year-old third baseman hit 472, which was 17 for 36, to raise his season average to 337, but played his last game for a month on June 10th, not returning to the lineup until after the All-Star break on July 10th. In July, after being off for a month, he played in 21 games and hit 494, raising his season average to 390. George started a 30-game hitting streak on July 18th, which lasted until he went 0-3 for on August 19th, which the following night he went 3-3. for During these 30 games, Brett hit 467. His high mark for the season came a week later when Brett's batting average was at 407 on August 26th, after he went 5 for 5 on a Tuesday night in Milwaukee. He batted 430 for the month of August, and his season average was at 403, with five weeks to go. For the three hot months of June, July, and August of 1980, George Brett played in 60 American League games and hit 459, most of it after a return from a month long injury. For these 60 games, he had 69 RBIs and 14 home runs. Brett missed another 10 games in early September and hit just 290 for the month. His average was at 400 as late as September 19th, but then he had a 4 for 27 slump, and the average dipped to a lowly 384 on September 27th with a week to play. For the final week, Brett went 10 for 19, which included going 2 for 4 in the final regular season game on October 4th. His season average ended up at 390, and he averaged more than one RBI per game. Brett led the league in both on-base percentage and slugging percentage, on his way to capturing 17 of 28 possible first-place votes in the MVP race. Since Al Simmons also batted 390 in 1931 for the Philadelphia Athletics, the only higher averages subsequent to the 1931 season were by Ted Williams of the Red Sox, who hit 406 back in 41, and Tony Gwynn of the San Diego Padres, who hit 394 in the strike-shortened 1994 season. Which, hey, good news, I did a podcast about both of them, so you can go back and listen to those right now. More importantly, the Royals won the American League West and would face the Eastern champion Yankees in the ALCS. During the 1980 postseason, Brett led the Royals to their first American League pennant, sweeping the playoffs in three games from the rival Yankees who have beaten Kansas City in the 76, 77, and 78 playoffs. In Game 3, Brett hit a ball well into the third deck of Yankee Stadium off Yankees closer Goose Gossage. Gossage's previous pitch had been timed at 97 miles an hour, leading ABC broadcaster Jim Palmer to say, I doubt if he threw that ball 97 miles an hour. A moment later, Palmer was given the actual reading of 98. Well, I said it wasn't 97, Palmer replied. 
Brett then hit 375 in the 1980 World Series, but the Royals lost in sixth game to the Philadelphia Phillies. During the series, Brett made headlines after leaving Game 2 in the sixth inning due to hemorrhoid pain. Brett had minor surgery the next day, and in Game 3, returned to hit a home run as the Royals won in 10 innings, 4-3. After the game, Brett was famously quoted, My problems are all behind me. Now, if you ask a general baseball fan what is one thing you know about George Brett, more often than not, they'll mention something about pine tar. On July 24, 1983, with the Royals playing against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium in the top of the ninth inning with two outs, Brett hit a go-ahead two-run homer off of Goose Gossage to put the Royals up 5-4. After the home run, Yankees manager Billy Martin cited to the umpires a rule stating that any foreign substance on a bat could extend no further than 18 inches from the knob. The umpires measured the amount of pine tar, which was a legal substance used by hitters to improve their grip, on Brett's bat. The pine tar extended about 24 inches. The home plate umpire signaled Brett out, ending the game as the Yankees win. George charged out of the dugout directly towards the umpire and had to be physically restrained by two other umpires and the Royals manager, Dick Hauser. The Royals protested the game, and the American League president, Lee McPhail, upheld the protest, reasoning that the bat should have been excluded from future use, but the home run should not have been nullified. And this part I didn't know, but after all this happened, amid much controversy, the game was resumed on August 18th of 83 from the point of Brett's home run. So they were winning 5-4, top of the ninth with two outs. And the game ended in a Royals win. In 1985, Brett had another brilliant season in which he helped propel the Royals to their second American League championship. He batted 335 with 30 home runs and 112 RBIs, finishing in the top 10 of the league in 10 different offensive categories. Defensively, he won his only gold glove, which broke Buddy Bell's six-year run of the award. In the final week of the regular season, he went 9 for 20 at the plate with 7 runs, 5 homers, and 9 RBIs in 6 crucial games, 5 of them victories, as the Royals closed the gap and won the division title at the end. He was MVP of the 1985 playoffs against the Toronto Blue Jays with an incredible Game 3. With KC down in the series two games to none, Brett went 4 for 4, homering in his first two at-bats against Doyle Alexander and doubled to the same spot in right field in his third at-bat, leading the Royals' comeback. Brett then batted 370 in the World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals, including a four-hit performance in Game 7. The Royals again rallied from a 3-1 deficit to become World Series champions for the first time in Royals history. In 1988, Brett moved across the diamond to first base in an effort to reduce his chance of injury and had another top-notch season with a 306 average, 24 home runs, and 104 RBI. But after batting just 290 with 16 homers the next year, it looked like his career might be slowing down. He got off to a terrible start in 1990, and at one point even considered retirement. But his manager, former teammate John Wathan, encouraged him to stick it out. Finally, in July, the slump ended and Brett batted 386 for the rest of the season. In September, he caught Ricky Henderson for the league league in the battle down to the last day of the season, captured his third batting title with a 329 mark. This feat made Brett the only major league player to win batting titles in three different decades. Brett played three more seasons for the Royals, mostly as their designated hitter, but occasionally filling in for injured teammates at first base. He passed the 3,000 hit mark in 1992, though he was picked off by Angels first baseman Gary Gaetti after stepping off the base to start enjoying the moment. Brett retired after the 93 season. In his final at-bat, he had a single up the middle against the Rangers closer Tom Hankey and scored on a home run by now teammate Gary Gaetti.
Brett was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1999 with what was then the fourth highest voting percentage in baseball history, trailing only Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan, and Ty Cobb. In 2007, Cal Ripken Jr. passed Brett with a 98.5% of the vote. His voting percentage was higher than all-time outfielders Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Stan Musial, Ted Williams, and Joe DiMaggio. Brett's number 5 was retired by the Royals on May 14th of 94. His number was the second number retired in Royals history, preceded by former Royals manager Dick Hauser, which was number 10 in 1987. It was followed by the second baseman and longtime teammate Frank White's number 20 in 95. His 3,154 career hits are the most by any third baseman in Major League history and 16th all-time. Baseball historian Bill James regards him as the second best third baseman of all time, trailing only Mike Schmidt. In 1999, he ranked number 55 on the Sporting News list of 100 greatest baseball players and was nominated as a finalist for the Major League Baseball All-Century team. It's time for the secret number of the day. The secret number of the day is an obscure or interesting fact from George's career. Today's secret number is 4, and the number takes us to after his career. Brett ended his career with 3,154 hits, 317 homers, and a 305 batting average. Brett is one of four players in the Major League Baseball history to accumulate 3,000 hits, 300 home runs, and a career 300 batting average. And those other players are Stan Musial, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron. Most representative of his hitting style, Brett is sixth on the career doubles list with 665, trailing Tris Speaker, Pete Rose, Stan Musial, Ty Cobb, and Craig Biggio. A photo in the July of 1976 edition of National Geographic showing Brett signing baseballs for fans with his team's name across his shirt was the inspiration for New Zealand singer-songwriter Lord's 2013 song, Royals, which won the 2014 Grammy Award for Song of the Year. Brett was inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame in 1994, and he was inducted into the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame in 2017. George Brett is credited with coining the term the Mendoza line. For those that don't know, the Mendoza line is used to represent the level of a subpar batting average, which was below 200, that is deemed unacceptable at the Major League level. This was in reference to Major League shortstop Mario Mendoza. Mendoza was teased for having a mediocre batting average throughout his career in Major League Baseball. Brett referred to the Mendoza line in an interview with ESPN's Chris Berman, which was then expanded into the world of SportsCenter. Following his playing career, Brett became a vice president of the Royals and has worked as part-time coach, a special instructor in spring training, interim batting coach, and as a minor league instructor dispatched to help prospects develop. He also runs a baseball equipment and glove company named Brett Bros with his brothers. In 1992, Brett married the former Leslie Davenport and they reside in the Kansas City suburb of Mission Hills, Kansas. Brett has continued to raise money for ALS, or commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. On July 25, 2013, the day following the 30th anniversary of the Pine Tar incident, the Royals announced that Brett would serve as a Vice President of Baseball Operations. Now before this, I didn't know much about George Brett, mostly because one, I'm not a Royals fan, and two, that he retired when I was only one year old, but I definitely gained a lot of respect for him. He was a super consistent hitter and is considered the greatest Royal of all time. Thanks for listening to the Sports of Luke podcast, and shout out to Chad Christopher and Tyler Novak for the suggestion. Have a player you'd like to be the next subject? Let me know on Instagram and Twitter at Majerus underscore Luke. Keep an eye out for next week's episode where we talk about the Georgia Peach, Ty Cobb. 